T.G. Journey here, welcoming you to Shortgrass Country News, where the past never ends. Today's story is brought to you by the Rockin' Our Livestock Auction. They're located out there on the highway. Well, you know where it's at. If not, just follow your nose. The Roadkill Cafe has changed their special for today. It is now pulled pork sandwiches and ribs due to a little accident out there unloading a hog yesterday. No sense letting her go to waste, Rooster said. And don't forget about Cowboy Church. Services are at 10 a.m. as always. (coughs) The horse says it's time for today's story that I've named Texas Burke, The Rest of the Story. I continued to work with Texas Burke inside that chicken pen for sure. I don't know why, and I never asked, but Daddy let me do the regular Professor Barry routine with the lunging and driving. As I grew confident that I had Texas Burke's trust, I began putting my arms over his back and letting some of my weight, what little there was of it, rest against him. At first, he'd move away a step or two and kind of lay his ears back. It wasn't long, though, before he was all right with me pressing on him. The next step, I thought, was to get a little more of my weight on his back. So I decided to see if I couldn't lay across him with all my weight. Looking back, it probably wasn't the smartest move that I could have made. When you lay yourself across a horse the way they lay a dead man across a horse in the movies, you've pretty much given up all control of your body. Your head's hanging straight down one side, your belly's pushing on the backbone of the horse, and your hands, well, they're a little use dangling down there. A horse could have his way with you and there'd be little you could do about it. Well, old Texas Burke just wasn't cooperating at all. He did a little sideways dance and kind of did a little hopping with his hind legs. Why, he darn near dumped me on my head. Some figure that'd be the safest way for me to land to keep from doing any harm. Well, he just didn't know what to make of it yet, I decided. After that, I was a little more careful to not lay myself out fully over him so I could still have some control, although not much. After a few afternoons of that, I decided to try laying completely over him again. I didn't have any problems with him at all. He just stood there. Well, it wasn't long before I was a straddle of him riding bareback. He never gave me the slightest suggestion that he wanted to buck or misbehave in any way. By this time, his coat had grown out enough that there was something to brush, but Daddy still continued to clip the mane off his neck as that seemed to have become the style. However, he did leave a tassel of mane at the top between his ears that hung down his face into his blaze, and he left a tassel at the base of Texas Burke's neck. There was just enough for a good handful. I had a good handle on Texas Burke as spring grew near. I knew that he was going to be an easy conversion to the saddle when the time came. I guess I got bored with the lunging and driving, 
because I started reading old Professor Barry's lesson on teaching tricks to horses and dogs. I thought that it'd be a hoot to have a horse that could do tricks like those I'd see during intermission at the rodeos. There was always something interesting. Sometimes the horse would count with his hoof. He might shake his head yes or no, or just do silly things with his owner. Sometimes it'd be a Roman rider. Now a Roman rider stands atop of a team of horses with a foot in the back of each horse. One of those old boys had rings of fire he jumped them through. Another one used brame of bulls. I always wanted to try that Roman riding. Probably a good thing I didn't know. Professor Barry's method of teaching trick seemed harmless enough to me. So I decided I'd give him a try on old Texas Burke. I could just see us performing at the intermission of a rodeo. I'd have a set of those fancy drugstore cowboy duds with all the tassels and fancy sewing. My fancy jeans tucked into the vamps of my boots to show them off. And I'd have me a big white hat. Texas Burke could be decked out too in a fancy show saddle with all the shiny trim that just glitter in the spotlight they'd follow us around the arena with. First, I decided to teach him to nod yes. Professor Barry had it listed first, so I thought it might be the easiest of the tricks. It wasn't very difficult. All I had to do was stand to his left side as you're taught to do when you're haltering or saddling a horse. I was taught that everything is always from the left side. You might ask why the left side and not the right. Interestingly, you have to go all the way back to ancient times when horses were used as war mounts. Soldiers carried their swords on the left side so they could easily draw it out with the right hand. This meant they could only mount from the left, otherwise they'd end up sitting on that sword. Those swords were sharp enough to cut a man's head off. There'd be no pleasure found from sitting on one of them. Now that we've cleared that up, let's get back to training Texas Burke to shake his head, yes. Standing to the left side of his head with a pen in my left hand, I'd lightly prick him on his chest, but not so hard that it was going to hurt him any. Now this caused him to shake his head up and down. I think this comes from nature. The horse thinks a wasp or a horse fly or something like that is bothering him, so he moves his head up and down to try and shake that insect off. After repeating that process many, many, many times, I no longer needed that pen. I was able to just touch him there on the chest and he'd move his head up and down. Once he had yes down, it was time to move on to no. It was the same process, but I'd prick him on the side of his neck instead of his chest still imitating a bee or something. Doing it over and over and over again got it set between his ears. After a while, I could just touch that spot on his neck and he'd shake his head back and forth. To teach him to count proved a bit more difficult, but we stayed after it until he could do the trick right. Professor Barry said to get an old buggy whip and take the popper off and put a pin in that end of it. So I did. 
I'd ask Texas Burke to count, then I'd prick him just enough to irritate his left fedlock. The fedlock is kind of like our ankle. You have the hoof, and that narrow area above the hoof is called the pastern, and that larger bone above the pastern is the fedlock. The pinprick, again, imitated a fly or gnat or something, and it'd cause old Texas Burke to paw the ground. As I moved the end of the whip from his foot, I'd bring the tassel on the end of the buggy whip handle under his chin, grazing it slightly. That meant it was time to stop. There was a lot of repetition of the process. It's kind of like that Pavlonian dog thing. Ring a bell, then feed the dog time and time again. Eventually, when you ring that bell, that dog starts drooling without any food in front of him at all because food's always followed the bell before. A repeated action brings on a desired response. I learned that from my daddy. You see, the repeated response of paddling my hind end resulted in positive behavior. Well, eventually the pen was no longer needed to get him to count. All I had to do was move the end of my buggy whip in the direction of his foot and he'd begin to count. When I wanted him to stop, I'd raise the buggy whip, touching his cheek with the tassel of the handle. To be perfectly truthful about it, it wasn't as exciting as I thought it'd be. In fact, it got to be downright boring but I enjoyed the results. After that, I decided to go off Professor Barry's book and create my own specialty trick. Every trick horse needs a specialty to make him stand out from the crowd. Now, some of us boys would occasionally ride the roping calves on Sunday afternoons down at the rodeo arena, but that really wasn't enough practice to really get good at it. I thought it needed to be more like football practice, an everyday kind of thing. So I got the bright idea to teach old Texas Burke to buck on command. I thought it'd be a pretty neat trick if I could just figure out how to do it. I studied on it quite a bit trying to figure it out, just like the counting. It needed a start command, and it needed an end command. The thing was, what in the world would they be? I knew that bucking stock had a strap pulled tight in their flanks when they left the bucking chute to encourage them to buck. The strap didn't hurt them any, but it did irritate their flanks enough that they wanted it off. I think it was also a Pavlovian dog kind of thing, too. They knew it was time to perform when the flank strap was drawn up, but that wasn't anything I could use. You see, at the end of the ride, a cowboy on horseback runs up alongside the bucking horse and releases that flank strap. I didn't think I could pull it tight and release it too, considering it'd be behind me. Why, it just wasn't practical. Finally, I came up with a pretty good plan, I thought. Horses don't like to get kicked in the flanks any more than they like a flank strap. So I decided that I'd try kicking Texas Burke in the flanks to see if he'd pitch. And by golly, he did for a jump or two. I wanted more than a couple of bucks out of him, though. A legitimate ride is eight seconds, so that's what I wanted. Then I wanted him to stop. No problem for a stepper like me, I thought. 
Well, I began pulling on that little tassel of mane daddy left at the base of his neck and kicking him in the flanks at the same time until he had bucked his eight seconds. Then I'd turn loose of that tassel and he'd stop. It was a challenge to kick him in the flank while pulling that tassel, and staying on him was a challenge too because I was in such an awkward position. I had to lean forward for my legs to reach his flanks, and that put the tassel under me because I was leaning forward over his neck. I didn't have any balance at that point, so staying on proved a challenge too during old Texas Burke's initial teaching. Finally, he made the connection between having his tassel of mane pulled and bucking. That allowed me to assume a bucking horse rider position, which was leaning back. Leaning back put pressure on the mane, which helped anchor my butt to the horse as well. Old Bert got good at it, and I'd like to think he enjoyed it just as much as I did. He gave me lots of afternoons of fun and dreaming as we played rodeo. Now understand, Daddy did not know a thing about what I was doing with Texas Burke. He left early and came in late. Farming and trucking took a lot of hours, so he just wasn't around to see what I was up to. It was spring, and there was a lull between trucking and harvesting, so Daddy was around more. School had let out for the day, and I decided to head out the east door and walk home down the alley. You see, the alley took me straight to the chicken pen rather than the route a block north by the Methodist church, which took me to the front of the house. As I made my way down the alley, I couldn't see Texas Burke in the chicken pen. That didn't seem right to me, as he was always visible. I began thinking that I might have left the gate open when I fed him before school. Or worse, oh no. Daddy done went and sold him. I got a lump in my throat and knots in my belly. I began running. I made it about halfway down that alley, and old Lady Bevel's chihuahua started running to the fence, yapping their fool heads off at me. And there she was, as usual, yapping at me just like them for going down the alley. I didn't pay her no mind that day. I just kept on running. About the time that I got to the Wharton's house, I caught sight of Texas Burke. I stopped dead in my tracks. Daddy was putting my little sister on his back. I dropped my books and grabbed my head. I could just see what was coming, and it wasn't a pretty sight. She was only four years old. Oh, no. Please, please, don't grab that mane. Oh, I knew better, though. Daddy always, always would say, now get a good hold of that mane and pull a little to keep you up there on him good and snug. I'm looking at Daddy, looking at her, and he's pointing. I couldn't hear a word he was saying, but I knew he was giving those exact instructions as he pointed to the mane. Oh, no. Don't do it. Don't do it. That's all I could think. It was like slow motion in a movie. She reached down and got a handful of mane and boom! Just like that, she is on the ground. Oh, shoot!
I didn't know whether to run and hide or to walk on up and on up to my handiwork. Well, I decided to walk on up, maybe act like I didn't know anything, which wasn't too hard most of the time. Time would tell. As I got to him, Daddy was picking her up off the ground. She was crying, and he was trying to comfort her and see if anything was broken. Neither one of them knew exactly what happened. He looked at me and said, Did you see that? I shook my head, yes. No pen needed, I thought to myself. What's gotten into him? He looked Texas Burke over as he stood calmly. He rubbed his hand over his belly, then his back. I knew what he was doing. He was looking for a cuckle burr or sticker of some sort that would have caused an irritation, but he found none. The guilt must have been written all over my face because his expression changed from one of concern for my little sister to one of anger towards me. What have you done to this horse? Nothing much, I solemnly responded. He shook his finger at me and said, You've done something. No doubt about it. Another trick. Uh-huh, I replied. I taught him to buck if his mane was pulled. I was kind of proud of that, but I didn't want him to see it. Of all the hair-brained, I ought to whip your butt. You could have got your little sister hurt bad. You know, sometimes you don't have a lick of sense. You know that? Uh-huh, I answered. I'd learned a long time ago to just go along and hopefully get along. Then I said, I didn't mean anything by it. I just wanted to be able to practice riding a bucking horse. I'll buck you, he replied. It's just another trick, I said. No more tricks. You got it, Daddy said. Uh-huh, I replied. Take him back to the pen and feed him and make sure he has water. You got it? Yeah, I got it. Then Daddy said, I mean it. You got to stop this behavior. You're going to hurt somebody or you're going to hurt yourself. It wasn't long until it was time to take Texas Burke to the sale. It was getting warmer and daddies would be looking for a pony for their kids. Texas Burke made quite an impression that night. I did my usual routine, made a couple of passes around the sale ring, took the saddle off and made a couple of more passes bareback, then took the bridle off and made a couple of more. And to top things off, I did a few tricks. No bucking included. <coughs> well, it looks like our time is up for this week. So until next week, happy trails. <laughs>